Igawaur acknowledges the traditional owners of the land upon which we record, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Good evening, everybody. I'm Good Brother. And I'm Will Silky. Welcome to Ego Hour, the show where we deliver objectively true film reviews. Start the time before we talk. Anything said over the next 60 minutes will stand up in a court of law and any subsequent re-releases. These reviews are non-negotiable, non-refundable, and non-script. So, let's talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Released on the 18th of March, 2021 in the US... Zack Snyder's Justice League, also known colloquially as 127 Hours, is a story of a fan base fighting against the evil forces of industry pressures, cutdowns, and reshoots. Directed by, well, honestly, I couldn't find out who directed this film. The film was made on a budget of $70 million, plus $300 million for the original release, clocking in with a runtime of 242 minutes. 242 minutes! The film may just leave you wondering. Is this the most culturally significant moment in superhero film history outside of Spider-Man 3? Okay. Huge podcast. Um, I mentioned when we did Kong vs. Godzilla that we were doing this the week after, but we've had a busy week. Things came up. Do you want to say why we've been busy? What's been happening? Well, let's get context first. Oh, I let's mean, get our, invite our, our guests. guests. All right. Boy, I got a surprise for you tonight. You got a guess. So this is a very special episode because we have a fellow podcaster on the show. Yes. Well, not yet. A future podcaster on the show. We have a good friend. I've had visions. I've had post-apocalyptic visions. Post-apocalyptic visions of, 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 of this podcast. Yeah. So it all changes. Yeah, welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Very nervous. So. Oh. Yeah. Danny's also a consistent listener. She doesn't listen to every episode, but she listens to. More than the average Joe. So she's so. the third most, the third biggest <laughs> listener of the podcast, obviously. I, I try and watch the listen, listen to the ones that I've seen the movie of. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I kind of don't want to be, don't want to have a spoil. But yeah, no, I love the pod. Well, thank you. So well, good to hear. Um, and so, yeah, Danny is in the midst of creating a new podcast mm-hmm. titled Big Thoughts, Little Minds. It's with my, our good friend, Bella. And it is a history podcast where we grapple with topics and we try to make a coherent and like concise summary for just the everyday listener. It's just meant to be a bit of fun and a purpose for us to get together and talk shit and learn some new things. Like all good podcasts. Yep. Mm. How um, do you, oh, if we you can, can ask. Yeah. yeah. So how do you inject yourself into the podcast? What's the... Uh, What's that even mean? <laughs> well, I mean... Okay. I'm just like, really? As, an, as a podcaster, what's the, the Danny and Bella spin? It's that our friendship is like shining through. Okay. Uh, we play off each other, hopefully. Huge. Yeah. Because she just comes up with the best one-liners. And, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I could definitely like work off this. So yeah. yeah, no, it's just... We've been friends for like 14 plus years. Best friends for... A really long time. Mm-hmm. We know each other so well, so it's just just to listening to two mates talk shit, pretty much. Fantastic. That's it. That's the pod. Yeah. Hopefully, it will come. We just keep on having a couple of delays. 
Yeah. We've been dying to do a crossover episode with another podcast, so we're yes. very excited to be doing that. Yeah. And I won't count this as like the proper crossover because Bella's not here. Yes, and we no. will do one with Bella, definitely. Mm. This just kind of came up. I mean, this is getting into the context of this. Um, I got to say that up until like the week it came out, I had very little interest in watching this because I was like, I haven't seen the original one and Tom hasn't either. Um, and I saw that it was going to be... <laughs> oh, oh, I remember about the original was our cousin Ethan... Being like, I saw the Justice League, pretty bad, and uh, Superman's lip was weird. I just remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, and then there was, like, because I saw there was going to be four hours, and I was like... Are you 21 in 2017? Um, I don't think so. No, I was 22. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I saw him the year it came out. It was after one of your... Maybe it was one of your gigs. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then it came around, and I'll be damned if I didn't get sucked into the hype about yeah. this thing. And I think it's, a, like you said in the intro, it's a big cultural moment. So, it's pretty fun. And I'm not a big superhero guy. But, but this got me excited lie, to watch though. a superhero movie, I have to when, say. We're not superhero people, but we're also superhero people. Because, like, we know more than the average Joe. We aren't... But do we? The average Joe has seen, you know, probably 70 We're not all plus. in on Marvel. That's the point. Yeah. We've, we were there at the start. We liked Iron Man. We liked... Do we have the same opinion on all these things? Yeah, I think okay. so. We liked Iron Man. We loved Iron Man too with Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Um, no, but Avengers felt important. I remember that. And we saw that in the movies yeah. together, I think. Yeah. Geelong's in the village, village cinemas. cinemas. <laughs> um, that was nice. And yeah, so then we got, you know, just kind of lost the pizzazz once they started churning them out. And I remember Captain America not being good. That's my take. People like Captain America, but I didn't. The original one. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. takes, Danny? Uh, I've been watching the Marvel movie. I am a superhero fan. Mm-hmm. I am a DC superhero fan. I enjoy the Marvel movies, but not so much anymore. They are following the same recipe. Like, since Winter Soldier, there hasn't been, like, an amazing other than probably Ragnarok. And I am not a fan of Endgame. Mm-hmm. What don't you like about it? Well, that's another podcast in itself. Give, give us, come on, give, <laughs> like, give, give, give us a couple something. points. Yeah. Um, give us something. Um, there's so many plot holes. Um, they butchered time travel. Um, oh, what else? It was so long. But you liked like, part one. <laughs> huh? You liked part one. I loved part See, one. See, that's funny to me. Part one was really good. Personally, I preferred part two because part one felt like, oh, look at all of our shiny toys moving on screen and epic pose before fight and stuff like this and then number two was like actually doing something i actually kind of enjoyed two because it felt like it felt like the most out of all of their plots in the last few years it felt like something was happening and there were like stakes and there were things whereas the other and i know that they were obviously going to win but like as opposed to the other ones because my i guess my hugest problem with extended universe stuff and like it's not superhero movies it's extended it's superhero movies in the context of extended universes Mm. it's that the problems either probably just aren't that big it's like how can you have the biggest world threatening threat when the actual biggest threat is coming in the the next team up movie you know you've got uh thor fighting Angelina Joel. No, not it is Kate Angel- Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, that's the one. I'm getting um what's that movie? Uh where she Maleficent mixed up oh. because they look like the same. Yeah, and they they're, both they're have both green backdrops. The black and the black hair and they're like both looking badass. I, I can see it. Yeah. Um and then it's like, oh the biggest threat ever. And then it's like, not really. The biggest threat's coming in the next movie. Yeah, but that's like superhero movies. Like, what do you want? Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man. As I've continually said on this podcast, Spider-Man is my favorite movie superhero um, because, and Batman. Batman's my actual favorite superhero now because of 
over well like as a kid it was spider-man but the reason it's Batman now is because you got the cool, like the gritty stuff's pretty fun. Like it is cool that they can do legit um, dark themes. And st- I'm not saying the other things can't, but you know, Batman has these good graphic novels and video games. Anyway, that was the thing I was going to go into for, but I'll just quickly finish this point. I'm, yeah, tangent in already. Spider Man stays within his universe. He fights villains that are on his level. The city is threatened rather than the world. Uh, the Spider Man scope of. Uh, do bad in and do good in is spider-man is like one of the best marvel superheroes because and especially for a young audience it's who you connect with because he is like most kids that were watching or spider-man and reading the comics they were nerds themselves and they like could picture themselves if they got superhero powers and they can envision themselves as spider-man and like he's just a kid trying to live his life and enjoying his powers and then every now and then having a bit of trauma. So there's tons of reasons why Spider-Man resonates with people. And my favourite adaption is the Tom Holland one. That is one of the best Marvel movies. The Homecoming? Yeah, that one. Not Far From Home. Far From Home wasn't good either. Yeah, it's it's pretty upsetting that you come on with such a bad take considering that uh, <laughs> the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films are actually the best actually. films um, ever. Outside of superheroes as well. <laughs> so. Spider-Man 2, actually. I think I've watched um, with Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Yes. I so think good. I've watched that maybe 50 times. It yeah, was like yeah, one of huge. my go-to. That and Lord of the Rings, they were my go-to childhood movies. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. Good to hear. Reassuring. Where did this point start? You, your point is that you think the stakes aren't real in cinematic yes. universe things. Yeah. Which becomes very present in this Snyder Cut. But So, yeah. We, we were going through context. And basically, I wasn't hyped. And then... It kind of rolled around. I was keen to watch it. And I was talking to Danny about watching it. And then we, we all watched it together. And the night we watched it, we waited for Tom to get home from work, knowing that we had a four-hour movie ahead of us. I, I was late so- to work. And I asked <laughs> to leave early so that I could get home for this. So, you know, what you got to do for the pod and what you got to do for the Snyder Cut. And we had soft drink ready and we're just trying to stay up. And it was a late night. And I ate more. It felt like very 16-year-old sleepover. Like, yeah. it, like mm. I hadn't had in a long time. Eating popcorn, eating ice cream, eating drinking, drinking Sprite. Sprite. <laughs> Having intermissions, keeping up those energy levels to like yeah. stay yeah. awake. And it was really fun. Like, and I've, Okay, like I'll talk about how long this movie is, which originally sounded like the worst thing ever to me, but now I'm totally on board with it being four hours. I just think, particularly like Tom and I watched the first, the original version of the 2017, 2017 version last night. And particularly watching that, I'm just like so in on this being a four hour movie, I reckon. Mm. And I'm usually a person who gets quite tired and bored during things. Maybe not bored, but, you know, ready for things to wrap up. Yeah. Um, but this was like a good event and like kind of fun to stick it out for, I would say. I think it's those intermission breaks that he put in that has, you could break it up and you could just like, all right, get up, stand up, move, stretch. Like they used to do it a lot more in older movies like Sound of Music. They had like a massive intermission in it and we should bring those back when we're doing like super long movies like that. I think there could be. And the thing is, this is a four hour movie that's taken advantage of being four hours. It's not like, you know, we did Kong vs. Godzilla and it's like, that wasn't super long, right? But that's a two hour movie with lots of padding two-hour movie and there's not two hours of Kong fighting Godzilla. Whereas this film has, every scene in this film is him like trying to put some extra Easter egg, yeah, in, some true. sort of like actual information to digest, which makes it like tiring, but also like more engaging, I think. Mm. It's not completely bloated, I would say, in that way. Yeah, the form of media is changing before our very eyes in this streaming era anyway. 
um, as we've alluded to a bunch of times on this pod. But as you, I think it's a great uh, point that you raise, and I'm sure it's well, just like putting in the parts gives you a time to literally pause the film. Because how many times are you watching a film? with a group of people and you're like, I need to go to the bathroom, they need to go to the bathroom and you're just guessing where halfway is and you're trying to go, okay, at the end of this scene, at the end of this occurrence, I I wouldn't be surprised if in this um, streaming service era where we're going to get more and more long form things, um, at least in the form of television series, but then like it's just fascinating because this film is a television series, it's a movie which they turn into a television series which they release as a movie. Because they were, they were going to release this as a series at one stage, I'm pretty sure. And that's why there are the different parts, because they were going to go 40-minute episodes or like something like HBO. that. Like on HBO. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm kind of grateful that they just went for the movie. Yeah. I think I would have lost interest if it was... That, well, they would have had to edit it differently. They would have gone, teaser at the end of episode one, teaser yeah. at the episode two. But this is what Marvel's doing right now. They're making like single series for people, but they're effectively... I'd like long movies, I guess, right? With, with like one division and the well, because the production value has to be where it was. So, because that was the difference. That's the main thing that's divided television from movies is production value. So, like, mm-hmm. I haven't watched them, so it's kind of not that meaningful of an in- input from me here. But like Smallville, I know existed, and um, all the Flash show, and there were other super like there Supergirl. So many there's more. the Flash. There's Arrow. There's DC Legends of Tomorrow? I don't know. Um, what else? Lucifer is technically a DC um, TV show. Yeah, I was show. shocked to hear that. Yeah, that's a fantastic storyline. And that goes into more of the DC, like, dark and the magic universe, which is also a really expansive part. Um, there's also Supergirl. There's Batwoman. There's tons. I've seen a lot of Green Arrow. I've seen a lot of The Flash. I've seen parts of um, Batwoman and parts of Supergirl. Um, God, I've seen, I've watched a lot of TV. It's actually quite embarrassing when I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen all this. <laughs> and I'm like, Gotham? what do you do? Um, parts of it. That one, it took too long for me to get into, okay. but I've heard that it's good by like second half of season one. But what I have to say to. is like when there's so much content and you're a fan, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, this is like, you know, you, you haven't even like, you've watched plenty of it, but you haven't even scratched the surface of like, if you want to like have seen it and experienced all of it right yeah no you just i guess you got to pick and choose what you watch like i also watch wandavision i'm not gonna bother with um falcon and winter soldier it's it's hard because it's this is and now we're only talking about like live action we haven't even talked about animated yet and we haven't actually talked about the original source materials there is so much and then if you think about secondary media you have all the youtube videos and all of the exploration of that there's just so much information out there and it's a lot to digest and this is just Mm. one thing out of the nerdy world yeah and you've got to have this middle ground where you're introducing these new things that it's exciting and people are like oh it's that baddie or it's like this is at play now but also not too much where everybody becomes redundant because there's a million characters and yeah none of them really matter in the scheme of things um and you know comparing there's the the 2017 cut to the snyder cut is that the snyder cut is so much world building and so much about easter eggs and like teasing new things mm. which even for someone who's not even invested in the dc universe i found like super exciting like the fact that there's no dark side in the original one feels so weird because we watched the snyder cut yeah. la- later so here's, here's a big proclaim disclaimer proclaimer 
Why why is this podcast worth listening to? Because we watched the Snyder Cut before the original cut. That's our 10 cent. So we're not saying this is better compared to the other cut. We're saying that's our that's our reference point is yeah. the Snyder Cut. That's the what it is in my head. Yeah. So anyway, continue. Uh, I mean, I don't really know what I was saying, to be honest. Just the fact that I think Darkseid was in the 2017 cut Which seems important. very weird considering how integral it was to the Snyder cut. Yeah, I definitely see why they, why he didn't do it initially because he got so much. I think there was a bit of flack for introducing like three, two different villains in the Batman vs. Superman. And it Luther, was two. Who was the other dude? Luther and Dark. Oh, what's his name? They can't all be mm, called Dark. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why can't I Juggernaut. remember? No. <laughs> Wrong one. Oh, what's his name? Dr. Endo. I can't believe I've forgotten <laughs> it. He has mm. like a menacing... One second. I'll long word there. name. Anyway, I'll it, Google it while you keep it's going. It's something godly. Doomsday. Doomsday. See, da- I mean, Doomsday and Darkseid, it's easy yeah, to get those mixed up. Yeah, no, it's Doomsday. Sorry. That, I had to Google that. That but it's like, how is Doomsday not your main villain? Like that, with a name like Doomsday. You've said that, right? Because Doomsday is... It is correct. Doomsday is the only one that can kill Superman and kills him. And they both don't even die at the end because they have this weird Kryptonian rejuvenize, whatever it is. Um, but Lex Luthor is his main villain because Lex Luthor is just the constant like thorn in his back. Same as Joker's to Batman. It's just always that constant hum in the background. And Lex Luthor is brilliant. He is so smart. People are always like, Batman's a genius as well. But Lex Luthor, like, in the comic world, Batman's like a level eight genius intellect. Wait, this Luthor. is a real thing? Yeah. And Lex Luthor is a level 11, I think. It goes can... past 10. How it? many levels are there? 11. <laughs> <laughs> Did 11 he or 12. This formula <laughs> 11 or 12, and he's up at the top, and he's like combating pe- with people like Brainiac. And do we have like... references? Are there any fours? Any references? What do you mean? Like any reference point. Scale. The scale, yeah. yeah. Um, Batman's like what? A genius. But Batman's rich as his superpower is the line from the film. He's Superman. Yeah, well, that was... I didn't like that line because he's... <laughs> it was in both cuts. Or we'll it was in that. both cuts because, like, yes, he's money, but he's, like, massive superpower is the fact that he's the greatest detective of all time. Mm. That is... Something that they never do in films, but apparently will be doing in the Robert Pattinson one I've heard. Excited. I'm excited for that. That actually does look quite good. Mm. But, yeah, um, I don't know. The average Joe is, like... I don't know, fall. Which, do you know, is this in one law or is it like this canonical is like, this and is canonical, everything? I think. Okay. I feel like really. Do you know I'm... where you would have read this or? YouTube. <laughs> you can't okay. question everything. YouTube. No, I'm it's... not trying to. I'm just <laughs> no, trying no, no, to say no, no, like no. it must have been from one text it's... where they went, he's an eight, he's an yeah. 11. And I know yeah. that they would have said it to make because Lex Luthor like, seem like. If you go in and type in like smartest people in the DC universe it'll come up with Lex Luthor is number well Brainiac Lex Luthor then like Mr. Terrific and then down the list and like Batman's like eight mm-hmm. on that list there is all these other people smarter than him yeah so in terms of character development you wouldn't want Batman being an 11 though well Batman's no. gonna be you need to have flaws as yeah. a superhero it's it's easier to make your well it's better to make your villain the smartest right yeah mm. I don't like. I saw Batman vs Superman in cinemas. Were you with me? Yeah, yeah. only gold class um, session I've ever attended. <laughs> we didn't buy any food though. Mm. No sir, but we reclined. Um, but I remember enjoying it because we were right down the front. 
Um, and I remember getting home and checking Rotten Tomatoes and it was on like 100% and we were like, whoa, was that good, guys? Oh, really? 100%. I remember there was that meme going around where it was oh, IMDb an interview with Henry Cavill and um, Ben Affleck and the critic brings up like the bad ratings uh, and it zooms in on Ben Affleck's face and it's like, hello, darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I remember kind of enjoying that, but like I'm not crazy about Jesse Eisenberg Beyond being Mark Zuckerberg, and I didn't, I didn't particularly. Did you like him? Is Social Network canon in the, the DC <laughs> universe? I mean, I don't like it. I think it's because I prefer the animated versions that I've seen of Lex Luthor. I understand what they were trying to do, especially because they were probably playing off the social media, like the new billionaires mm, and like geniuses yeah. are these nerdy little awkward tech. Silicon Valley. Boys. But who does that appeal to? Like, who's the who? Are the, no one. <laughs> who's, the, yeah, who's the audience that like goes? Oh, I hate snotty. Well, it's got to be older. Shouldn't people. we talk about how like Dark Knight 2008 kind of ruined superhero movies for a few people? Like, including DC, they had a total identity crisis. They're like, we need to ground stuff in reality now. You can't do comic booky stuff. You have to make things relate to reality. So that's what that character is doing. Um, they go in. Oh, he's he's Batman in the real world. He's fighting against Lex Luthor, who's a tech genius rather than I don't know. He's, he's like bald and has like strong eyebrows and stuff bald. like that. He gets bald at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't that. No, but, but like, I mean like as in in the comics oh, and right, stuff. Sorry. But like Lex Luthor had a change in the eighties. He was originally a scientist. He's been around for years, like decades. And then during the eighties, they changed him from a mad scientist, a genius scientist, to a businessman. And that coincides, like, with the rise of Wall Street and all that Mm -hmm. whole stuff. So, like, he does have this changing persona. Like, it is – there's precedent, let's just say that, for changing his identity. I just don't think it works here because – I don't know. I'm not scared of Jesse Eisenberg, are you? You're just like – and he was – it was almost a caricature of the Riddler – and I was like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like does, Lex Luthor is just so. Does the Riddler fit into the Justice League stuff much or often? No. Okay. Riddler is like yes. a C level. Okay. Yeah. Batman, I was going to ask for a like tier. Villain. Okay. What like, kind of, because Joker's in everything. You have to put Joker in everything. Who else relates to the Justice League in the stuff that you've consumed? So it's. Usually Lex Luthor, there's also in the, um, in the Whedon cut when they had the whole, did you watch that part or did you say you didn't watch, um, when Deathstroke saw. Is that in the Whedon cut? Is that a post-credits? Yeah. Oh no, we turned off by that. Ah. So in the post-credits in the Whedon cut, Steiner cut, it was like, oh, I'll tell you who um, Batman is, Bruce Wayne. In the other one, Mm -hmm. it was... We should start our own league. Oh, right. And I think it's called the League of Doom. And that's like a collaboration of supervillains that fight against them. And like there are members that come in and out. Lex Luthor is probably the big one. That is a constant theme in that. But other superhero, supervillains that there's Justice League form and fight against are... External, so that's when you get Steppenwolf and you get Darkseid. Another one is Brainiac that he comes through and he's an important one as well. But, yeah, because I guess once you put 
once the Justice League assembles, they're seriously powerful. I mean, they have Superman, they have Wonder Woman, they have Martian Manhunter, they have the Green Lanterns, and then, like, as soon as you start looking outside the core, like, I won't say Ant Batman, but he's still a human at the end of it, mm. and the Flash, who can time travel, and there's arguments of whether or not he's the most powerful because of his abilities. You need to power up yeah. the villain. Yeah. Classic uh, like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. I, that was what I was You just need, the threat needs to keep on getting bigger and bigger yes. and bigger. And Darkseid is the um the top of the food chain. The and ultimate. people are always like, oh, is Darkseid as powerful as Thanos? And I was like, no, Darkseid's even more. And Darkseid is the original one. Thanos is the copy. Yes, how many? Yeah, that's pretty big for some of the listeners. So mm. explain that briefly if you can um so i can't remember the story it's told so i might have butchered it Mm -hmm. one of the right it was during a period that marvel was having a bit of a creative crisis and their main inspiration of superheroes and like supervillains were the dc comics so that's when you get like people like deadpool who's literally a a caricature comic version of Deathstroke and that's when you get some of the other characters who are very similar and Thanos is Darkseid and apparently someone was like doing a picture of um this villain trying to look at like Darkseid and like trying to like interpret like another villain that they were and like the boss came up and looked over if you're going to look for if you're going to steal from DC can you at least steal from like the good DC villains Mm. the good DC characters so yeah like if you can just see it from like a comparison level, yeah. like they look and like Darkseid is like the leader of, of the new gods and apocalypse and Thanos is the leader of what he's a Titan. And as soon as like you look into the, they're, they're both so merry. They both wear like singlet. And they're both really tees. tall and yeah. really buff. And like, they kind of have a scary, like shriveled up face. So yeah. yeah. First bit of trivia. <laughs> um, <laughs> the actor who plays, Dead Deathstroke was it? Dead shot. Deathstroke. 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 Deadshot's a different character. That's Deathstroke Smith, is a right? fantastic character. Huh? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Wait. So Deathstroke. Uh, Joe. Magula. Manganiello. Uh, yeah. Flash um, from Spider-Man 2002. Huge. I mean, he's also like in. Tons I wouldn't of stuff. want to find me neither. He's yeah. in Magic Mike. Yeah, he's in How Much Mother. All kind. Of <laughs> he's around. He's married to Sofia Vergara. But I didn't mm. think he looked... Yes. Mm. Yeah. I didn't think he looked like that in the film. So Yeah, well, I mean... He calling that out for you, long. mostly. I, yeah, I actually followed that up, to be honest. Okay. Did okay. my own bit of scrolling. What were we talking... How did we get into that big thing? One thing Which I wanted to say was, before... This is all, you know, just saying stuff. But before superhero movies existed, do you think... And, like, I don't mean literally, because they've existed forever. But before they became, like, the center of pop culture... Do you think that these canons just existed between films, even if they weren't related? Because it seems like people always want things to compare and contrast and to file things under. So these Marvel and these DC movies make things so easy to file and make references to each other. But before that, we had like filmmakers who were making crime dramas and crime thrillers that referenced or built upon the work of previous crime thrillers. Like something like Seven is related to The Usual Suspects, besides Kevin Spacey, and, like, other famous cop investigations, which go back to, like, I don't know, the Maltese Falcon and stuff like that. Like, there was always a law built in between films that were popular. Do you think that 
that's how, do you reckon that's what the cinematic universes used to be? Because obviously we didn't have the whole IP thing where people, everything that was ever made was based on a book or a movie or a stage play or something else. Do you think that we consumed movies in a way that made it so natural for Marvel and DC to fit into because we were already constructing canons and we like to compare and contrast and build things? And I, this, this is just a thought that came into my head when we were talking about this stuff a bit earlier. But what do you reckon? I think that film is always counting on... Uh, all art is counting on the art that came before it, right? So I guess what you're saying does make sense. Um, That's the nature of, like, comparing and coming up with something original. No matter what, even if you're saying it's original, you're still comparing it. You're always going to compare and take media from something pre-existing mm. at the end of the day. It is interesting to think... That, but, like, you're saying, does that provide the you know, the fertile ground for the cinematic universe as a concept. Because it's just like, film. it's like one company realized, hey, instead of making one movie, let's make three movies. That, that seems to be like the turning point in this thing where they're like, obviously sequels like blew out in the 80s and 90s where you start getting like Terminator 2 and Lethal Weapon and stuff like that. And I'm not going to talk about those films. Like I completely understand them and the, the cultural movement at the time, but it's just... It just sort of real. It's just like it's just so obnoxious that one company makes seven movies and goes care about all seven of my movies, you know. Whereas normal franchises, even the biggest, like before, like Fast and Furious is a cinematic universe at this stage. As soon as you get past four, you're a cinematic universe, right? It's just films never dared to do that. Isn't that just fascinating? I think there's this also with with um, superhero films where it's like. When they used to make them, they didn't trust in the source material or they didn't trust that there was an audience that believed in things the way they were. It was always like, okay, we need to make this to a movie now, so we're going to take this off your hands and, you know, ruin what you used to like. And that's why there was plenty of them that, you know, flopped back in the day, I would say, or like, you know, were really hated because they just weren't good films. But nowadays, like, they are more and more, obviously they take creative license with stuff a lot more, but they are relying on this kind of, rich history of this like the cinematic the universe that exists there there already like it's readapting it to a different world do you know what i mean it's all the hard yards of kind of like interlinking these things has kind of been done right by the the comics and the artists beforehand i find it interesting in batman versus superman you walk through his cave his cavern whatever and you see all the different suits and they make references to different lore like you see the robin suit with ha 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 written on it and stuff Personally, I would rather have seen the movie about that <laughs> than Batman vs Superman. Yeah, but um, you might. Well, I, that was the hope at the time, I guess, and I guess they'll play that one eventually because that, like, I think Batman will be remade into movies in perpet in perpetuity be- because everyone seems to like Batman it's a Batman. lot. Batman. Yeah, yeah, I was going to like chuck on in the end. I just forgot at that time what my point was. I think it's also um, the rise of nerd culture. And yeah. all of a sudden, superheroes and nerdy things mm. and all of that allowed for, like, people to look at this stuff and be like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like, mm. it's not the geeky guy at the comic book store who's all awkward and the stuff that you see on Big Bang anymore. You have, like, people like Henry Cavill, who is a nerd, who looks like that. <laughs> 
and he's as like, as a proud out where nerd were they? And people were like cool where were those nerds in the the 50s and 60s i don't know who yeah. knows but like i guess they just hit been it. beaten down no by they were probably <laughs> bullies society. because they weren't they were bullies the nerds were bullies yeah i'm saying that like the, the nerds cool were bullied nerds, the cool nerds were the bullies the... because they couldn't embrace their actual interests they yeah. went home and they played D and didn't tell anyone about it or something vin like diesel <laughs> avid <laughs> player of D. That dude, you wouldn't Joe, want to mess Joe's with Joe's a D&D player as well. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think that has definitely been part of it. And you can almost trace that back to the success of Lord of the Rings where they first realized, mm. oh, my God, high fantasy can actually successfully yeah. work because they were huge. Yeah. They were changing, like, they were a big point of changing cinematic universe, I guess. It's, like, very, it's very interesting. And, like, we were young when this was kind of happening, right? Let me... I, you may have a fantastic Let you point, but I think, this, I think this relates to your point. <laughs> Anecdotally, <laughs> I've already made the point. <laughs> ahead, so you're just gonna Anecdotally, <laughs> tell some stories about when, like, significant nerd culture moments for you. Well, I, I'm not don't have too much to say, but like, I remember like this stuff happening. I remember like all the Harry Potters coming out, and like that that stuff is obviously all directed at us. And I remember being like, this is all so cool now. And I remember like wanting to buy superhero shirts and all that sort of stuff. Whereas, like, 10 years later, it's such a different feel. Like, you felt like you were part of something smaller, even though mm. at that point in time, you obviously weren't part of something small anymore because you are the child being marketed to. But it felt like you were at that point in time, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, like, you'd play, like, the, the games and all that sort of stuff and you, you, you would get into those worlds. I don't know. It just felt like... They do seem to just capitalise on this fantastic sense of community. Yeah, mm. that's such a powerful part of it. It's because it's Star Wars as well. Part like, of, yeah. I think it all exactly. comes. I think everything in the film industry, the current film industry, literally comes back to Star Wars. Yes, that is that's like a thing. You know, every blockbuster comes back to Star Wars. Every nerd culture thing comes back to Star Wars. Every toy deal, every everything comes back. It's to part Star of the Wars. success that it still feels like something that is nerdy and a little bit for yourself. You know what I mean? Like that feeling is still there, even though it's the most popular thing in the world. People still feel like. Hey, it's this geeky thing, and I, it's like it's my little thing, even though it's not anymore. I mean, maybe they, it's so successful because they got because the Marvel movie is our generation, as we've gotten older, and we have watched all of it, and then we've taught it on the people below, and that's and like the people who are going to the cinemas are people our age. Maybe it's because they got us at such a young age with indoctrinating us with like Phantom Menace and Lord of the Rings, and being like these and Harry Potter. These kids are actually into like a mythical world hmm. and, and yeah worlds is the key the key word right and like sci-fi worlds whether it's in space whether it's here where it's a medieval fantasy kind of situation and i think they've just jumped on that and like added superheroes because they're already an old pre-existing market but bringing them to like out of well with the 90s batman movies and bringing them into the dark night and making that realistic and accessible i think a lot of people had their introductions via that not everyone was like me who was like forcing my mum to go hire out the 1960s version of like with the shark repellent and refusing to leave movie world at four years old until (laughs) i had seen batman like huge yeah i was like not everyone was like that a lot of people's entrance into batman was the dark knights well that's the whole brilliant thing there's so many points of entry to this stuff Mm. um because yeah. who, who do you think the operative age group is? I find it like you did mention that we are probably in the age bracket and I'm grouping myself with you guys and then like you guys are just three years older than me. But like where, where do you think the pool is? Because I've made jokes on this show 
that the 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 pull is in the forty year olds and the fifty year like the people who grew up with Back to the Future or where this all begins in my loose non studied opinion of this stuff. Because those guys, I guess, relate to Star Wars as well. But like, our dad doesn't really care for superhero stuff, and he make he he'll watch stuff, but he makes fun of Star Wars because he's like, it was epic when he saw it, best special effects ever. But all the stormtroopers do is miss, and yeah. <laughs> like he's still like on the outside, you know. But then, so it's a little bit younger than him, is what you're saying. Yeah, but then Amy's dad will talk about like um, how good, like he loves superheroes and stuff like that, and he'll talk about how good Star Wars was, and then all this stuff, and. And then I don't know. It's just like what? What do you reckon the operative? What is the the key age group here? Is it the forty? Is it people in their forties? Is it people born in people born in the seventies? Is, is it every age group? <laughs> is it John Favreau? Yeah. Maybe <laughs> is that it's it? like Gen X because they were um, Gen X are the ones that grew up with Star Wars. Because my dad doesn't like Star Wars, but my mom loves them, and she's a baby boomer. But maybe it was like the kids of the seventies that really like grew up with it and started to enjoy it, and like into the eighties and nineties, mm. and then it became because i'm guessing those kids were still a minority Mm. of people that were hardcore into this stuff and then because people people said they went to go see star wars not because of like the storyline but for the effects and like Mm. they've never seen something like that or not whether or not it was something interesting it was it was a big moment in cinema same way that the exodus Ex- Exodus? Exodus. It's like Exodus. 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 Mm. It was way important. People are watching the Snyder Cut today, right? I mean, yes, yeah. we need, we're watching it because it's important. Yeah. Whether or not you are a consistent fan, or if this is just something that you've been told to like, it's really important to watch. It's part of our culture. Mm. It's in, and like being someone who's not into the DC universe particularly. It's I don't know whether it's just like it, my enjoyment of this film is to do with my affinity for like Batman as a kid as well. You know what I mean? Like I think that. I'm also excited by this because I played like Arkham City and stuff like that back in the day. And it's like, oh, this is this and this is that. That's the launching point for us, I feel. So, yeah, it's weird. It's it's all just about making connections between different points of your life, I guess. And yeah. That that's, that's, can't be understated, you know? Like the fact that memories associated with these characters take you back to memories, you know? Like Nick talking about the Arkham games takes me back to first playing the first Arkham game, which we bought like the weekend we saw Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight Rises. Um, just because it was like Markdown finally and it looked cool and then we played it. And then like Arkham City we played over summer and Nick Nick <laughs> slept in the back room. In front of the TV. Trying to 100, 100% the, the Riddler right? trophies. Yeah, um, not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Concerningly recently. Pretty sure post high school I was doing that. Yeah. yeah. It, that, that stuff's huge. It can't be understated that these brands like are tapping into your like your memories and your moments. Yeah, definitely. Like the logo Batman is just almost is as iconic as the McDonald's symbol or yeah. like mm. the cross. Everyone knows. If <laughs> everyone cross. sees it, everyone knows what that means. Everyone knows that that's Batman. That's the Dark Knight. And yeah, like I'm trying, I was trying to think of like my points and I was like, yeah, because I had mine from ever watching these. And then I also watched some animated ones. And then when those ones came out, my mom didn't want me to go see it because it was a little bit too young. 
And then after that, then my dad had all these like pirated copies. <laughs> Shouldn't admit that, but you know, back in the day. And I would always used to watch that and watch these movies all about, I don't know, over 30 times. Mm. And then I watch them at least once or twice a year. Yeah. They're just like staples. Yeah. Mm. You're like, I want to watch this. Well, cause... we had a Batman VHS, the animated series that was like three episodes or whatever. Yeah. The I one about, watching. I can tell you which one. I can tell you at least one. There's one about the man bat. Do you remember that? And he's got the recorder and he goes, test in one, two, three. <laughs> but the opening of the animated series is it's iconic. so epic. Oh, and the music. Yeah. The we haven't series, even talked about the music. The animated series is so good. Like, I haven't watched heaps in recent memory, but like the stuff that, like just the style and the, like the fact it was a kid's show, but it was so toned so well. Like the fact that they could tap into both the cool market and the, like, yeah. I remember the episode where... The Joker, like, releases the laughing gas near the... Everyone... Like, I think he does that a few times, but, yeah. like... <laughs> there, it's, like a, it's like a signature move. Yeah, is. there's the Christmas one where he sings, like, Jingle Bells, Batman Snells... Uh, Robin Laden Egg. Robin Laden Egg. Is Batman that the one with Mark Hamill? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's another connection. Like, yeah. Luke Skywalker is the Joker. Yeah, like that's that's got to mean something, right? It's huge. Yeah. I mean, he is, his voice is just diabolical. Like So that, good. It's so good. I mean, I'm never going to forget when I was hungover in Budapest. And As an eight-year-old? No, no, no. <laughs> in <laughs> recent time, let you watch it. when my friend was making me, like, re-watch one of the Batman movies, because that's what we were bonding over. We bonded over superhero movies. And he was like, you need to watch Master of the Phantasm. And I was like, oh, my God, that was a movie I watched maybe once a week as a kid, and I hadn't watched it in... 16 years and re-watching it I was like that I will never forget that because I was like this movie is so so good Mm -hmm. it was fantastic and like those memories just always stay with you the ones that you made from the past and like the recent ones yeah Batman and it's and when it's well together and when it comes up (laughs) at the right time nowadays it's like so enthralling like I remember being at a music festival and like going back to someone's house after and like it was like three in the morning and like Batman was on TV, like an animated thing. And I was just like watching it. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like, it's so good sometimes, you know. Mm. You just got to get caught in the right moment and you're like, you're back in it, you know. Well, these tech, what's particularly relevant is these texts don't die the same way that other films do. Because obviously, films you can watch forever and ever. But something about the fact that it's Batman means that people are going to watch The Dark Knight throughout your whole life. Like, I am 100% confident of that. But then people might not, you know, hopefully, people are watching Moonlight. (laughs) <laughs> for the rest of your life but there's there's less chance the viewership will be dramatically different yeah um and they they just live on it's crazy it's i think it's also because there's some ease with it like mm. moonlight you watch and you're like it's a heavy film and mm. like it takes a lot out of you because it's reflective but there's something easy with just taking yourself out and putting yourself into it's escapism at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just, you go there, you watch it, you're out of this world and you're into theirs and you're, it's fantasy and it's not realistic, even though they try and bring it, but you just know that that person so would have been caught by too many cameras. And like, they so like Bruce Wayne is good, but not that good um, with modern day technology. But mm. Yeah, it's a form of escapism and they're always going to resonate with you. And it's always going to be something that you go back to watch. Mm. escapism is such a a hard concept for me to get my head around because i know what it literally is but it seems like it's not all the end like it's a word that covers everything but it doesn't it doesn't seem precise enough for me at times you know it's like Mm. i i can feel escapism and i can want escapism but i but i don't when i go like i don't think my life shit i don't want to get away from my life it's just like 
for me, like escapism's all about just like I wonder if it's the community thing. You know, you feel you you don't feel alone when you're escaping with this sort of stuff. That's yeah. always about. But there's different. To other co- but the thing is, escapism is a big word as well. Yeah, and there's different feelings within escapism. Different types of escapism that you have from maybe listening to a certain type of song versus watching a superhero movie. They're mm. different experiences entirely. That it is a bit of a blanket term that doesn't capture it and. Yeah, this is like there's a community feeling in superhero movies, like, and I think there always will be, you know. Mm. It's different from different types of escapism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. should we talk about the movie? Yeah, let's talk yeah, about the Yeah, we should movie. talk about the movie. I mean, <laughs> that's a cool intro, though. I enjoyed it. We're 45 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you were like, no, we can do it in like an hour. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> okay, where do you want to lead? Where do you want to land? I mean, it's your podcast, so I guess you guys. What's should... the first thing that comes to mind for you when you want to talk about the science? I Cup? think I think let's talk about the the twenty seventeen one a bit because this is probably going to be a two part episode. Mm. So um, you, yeah, you did. so I feel like we should lay some. Let's just have some thoughts on the twenty seventeen one. Oh, actually, no, we don't have to do that. But I feel like it might be a good start. I think it's a good start. I mean, I was always saying that this should be a two-part episode, yeah. sticking in theme. So, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> Danny, you, you saw it in 2017, I'm guessing, or yes. around that sort of time. And your impressions of it were what? It was fine. Yeah. That's what, what my impression was. It wasn't good. It wasn't horrible. It was fine. Which might as well just be like it was horrible because fine is just no one wants to hear that. Mm. I mean, but I guess like... I think I'm, because I'm a DC fan at heart, I was just desperately holding on to like some of the good qualities of it. Mm. But then watching it just before I watched Snyder Cut, I was like, this movie is shocking. Mm, This is so bad. What they did to like the characters, I mean, Batman's bumbling. What even is that? Batman's not awkward. Batman's not like, trying to string two words together to like talk to Diana. That's oh, not man. him. That stuff was rough. <laughs> that was not good because especially like in some of like the animated world and like other like versions, they actually almost tow with like this serious flirtation of them actually being like a, a good couple. So it was mm-hmm. really just like horrible hitting. The fact that they butchered Cyborg's character and they just put him in. There. So how they, they butcher his character? In they just opinion? cut out everything. I was like, I was like, I know his origins. How is everyone else meant to? Because from the information that Whedon gave, like it was just flashes, and the fact that they didn't elaborate or develop, he had. This is his first time, I think. I think this is the first time he is in live action, and I was just like, but he had to be in it for the. Motherbox storyline and a bit of tokenism as well. Otherwise, it was a completely white Justice League, and it and it didn't give him justice. And that was probably like <laughs> wow, it, the cruel irony. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't give him justice. Um, the constant jokes because that was the time where they had like one cut, and I remember this now. And they were like, oh, it's had many bad reviews. So like, they went in and tried to marvelize it. They try to give it the whole light-hearted so, Marvel. I can and do DC it. just doesn't Are you do about it. to say what's the timeline? Yeah, go for it. Let's hit that timeline. I've got the timeline. So I have a timeline of the Snyder Cut movement as summarized and as incidents are deemed important by myself. So in March 2016, we get Batman versus Superman, which is a critical flop but makes $173 million against 250 
which is still big dub, okay? In August 2016, we get Suicide Squad, which makes 746.8 million against 175 million. But of course, it gets critically panned. But it does win an Oscar for best uh, makeup. And it itself was marvelized heavily, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was a film that got reshot and re edited. Which I have seen a bit of movement to release the original cut of that as well, which yes. apparently they're definitely not going to do. James Ayers or something? Ayers. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. October of 2016, Warner Bros. announces its plans to merge with AT&T. So not explicitly important, but um, underneath it, it's got a, it means that the pressure corporate reshuffling. Yeah, the the pressures on the movies are getting more and more tense because Marvel at this time is killing it. Um, what comes out in 2016? Something Thor, something, some shit with one of them. Something important, yeah. something good. Marvel's some- just killing it. Is the point, regardless. Um, June twenty seventeen, June twenty seventeen, we get Wonder Woman, which makes eight hundred twenty two point three versus one hundred twenty mil, and people liked it. Personally, I fell asleep in the cinema. <laughs> Not complete fault of the film, but I did fall asleep in the cinema. I just, I wo- okay, it got really weird because I remember falling asleep and there were Nazis. I woke up and there's a floating date. There were Daniel- no Nazis in that movie. That was World War One. Which actually, yeah, oh. <laughs> and you were asleep earlier than you thought. There, there were Germans. There were Daniel. Daniel Thulis was floating, and that was the last thing I remember. Honestly. Um, I mean, that just puts, like, to testament of how interested you were in the movie. <laughs> I didn't love it. And, like, I like the idea of Wonder Woman more than I like the execution. I'm not a huge... Like, the D- DC has well and truly established its, like, CG blue cloud and lightning, get in on this. lightning bolt look at One, this stage. The whole, whole, you know, third act of every DC film being a just CGI shit show is not something I'm particularly into. Yes, because we like Batman vs. Yeah. Superman, as Nick said. What do we like about it? Batman has a really good fight scene, very Arkham-inspired, give- where he punches the shit out of these people, and then he proceeds to shoot people, which is kind of weird, but, you know, I don't care. Like, gritty Batman's fine with me. Batman vs. Superman was okay. I did like Wonder Woman, but this was also, like, the first... I'm pretty sure this is the first female superhero movie mm-hmm. like this was before captain marvel yes came out but they've and only yeah sorry keep going they've only done captain marvel so far right yeah they've only done and they're coming out black widow way too many years it's, late but it's so late it's unbelievable it, to yeah me. it's it was it just shows that it was just a complete afterthought and like a lot of people just won't go because it's just mm. you know i was like this is too late too little too late yeah absolutely after you've had her in it, everything. And now you're deciding that maybe you should elaborate. Oh, and, and they kill her off and like, no, like they give her in the yeah. movie, no one mourns her death at all. It's a bit of a meme. And then you get that Avengers 2 shot, event, Endgame 2, where they get all the women in the, the epic fight. The girl power pose. thing. Yeah. Which is pretty good, but it's also so when very it's, heavy when, handed. It's not about, it's more about like a corporate animal telling you that that shot's going to rate well, where you just like, yes. this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's I'm not- like, you're literally doing it for the sake of putting it in there. It's not because you actually. Be- mm, yeah. Exactly. Because where are their movies? You know what I mean? Give them a movie and then you can put that scene in. Yeah. But yeah, I'd like to clarify. I don't, <laughs> I like the idea of Wonder Woman. <laughs> 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 just the execution. It oh. was good. Maybe it was a man in the lead role. I'd be more interested. Oh, in. <laughs> yeah. I can just relate to that a bit better. Um, no, it's because you hate Chris Pine. That's the main issue. Fuck Chris it? Pine. <laughs> honestly. Oh, why do you hate Chris why Pine? Why do you like Chris Pine? Chris Pine is the epitome of a copy and paste he hero. He just looks like a sweet Oof. person. 
to me, the opposite. He's just like <laughs> he, he's just like the epitome of that American movie star. He's just like got the hair. He's just got the eyebrows, and he See, just. See, but that's what Captain America like is for me. No, I agree. Mm, I'm I am just like, all like that. I have strong Chris <laughs> Evans thoughts. Not really. Basically, I think Chris <laughs> Evans is fine. I just also think that he's generic. Like, you know. It's solid. Like he is the embodiment of like the all American boy. Yeah, you know I like more Christian Bale. <laughs> Get the Welshman to play an American. Exactly. Christian Bale Get a would... Brit to play the American, all-American superhero <laughs> if, as if, Superman. If Christian Bale was Captain America, he would have lost all the weight and shrunk down like seven inches yeah. to play that role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Done he's Superman like... and compress his spine. <laughs> he's, a, he's a method actor, you know what I mean? Um, in November 2017. So Wonder Woman comes out in June 2017. Wow, I just forgot yeah. how condensed the schedule was. So again, August 2016, Suicide Squad. October 2016, no, that's not a thing. Sorry, let me rewind. March 2016, Batman vs Superman. August 2016, Suicide Squad. June 2017, Wonder Woman. June 20, November 2017, Justice League, which makes 657.9 million versus 300. And this is a film that gets critically panned, not like passionately, passionately. It's got like a 6.3 on IMDb or something, but. People are talking about the lip. The lip is the most famous part of the film in my recollection. The lip? Uh, Henry oh, Cavill. Oh, the lip. And, yeah. So yeah. they have two movies. No, not two. Yeah, the two movies, Suicide Squad and Justice League, both almost I mean, as Wonder famous Woman. for their... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Almost as famous for their reshoots. than the like. The, it was well known at the time. Like People were talking about it. Because um, the Suicide Squad trailer was famous. Do you remember that as well? Yeah, because it was come together. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And yeah. people loved it. Um, and then Justice League was come together. And then I saw it with Stodge and Ben. And we can stop laughing at when Viola Davis goes, mm, or something like that. Um, okay. November 2017, the film comes out. But in the same month, we get a petition for the Snyder Cut, which reaches 100K signatures. And overall, it reaches around 180K a bit later down the track. In March 2019, Snyder confirms that the Snyder Cut does exist. So, two years later, sort of. Uh, what, Do you like have a Aquaman year, in this at all or not? No. I, I forgot Where about it. Where's Aquaman slide it. I have it. Okay. Let me just say something else in the meantime. So, in July 2019, San Diego Comic Con, a fan launch crowdfunding campaign promises half of the funds to be spent on billboards and a flying banner ad to promote the Snyder Cut. What and the, the other half? Oh, the other half goes to... <laughs> I was like, what? The other half goes to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, oh, which really is obviously nice. another key part of this story, which is really sad to me. The fact that this story's history and its relationship to everyone has to be tied in with such a deeply traumatic moment for Snyder, and he knows that everyone knows it. That's pretty, like, full-on, yeah. in my opinion. Can't be understated that... It'd be freaking like terrible existence sort of stuff for Snyder. Like just the idea that your whole vision, your whole work, your whole just everything got so messy in his life. You have to imagine, you know, these things bleeding into each other. Anyway, really sad. That shouldn't be undermined is mm-hmm. my point. Yeah. yeah. Um, October 2019, New York Comic Con. Ad, uh, uh, the, the fans supporting the Snyder Cut get two billboards over Times Square with Quotes from the cast and crew. December 2019, they buy another flying banner ad passing over Warner Bros. Studios and directly asking the head of uh, Warner Bros. to release the Snyder Cut. And in January 2020, four minutes of ad space is purchased at Riverside Stadium during the FA Cup. So, and then there's obviously like huge Snyder Cut uh, tweet thing going on. There's a huge 
Well, apparently, you know, if you go on the Wikipedia, essentially, it talks about how people were harassing the telephone lines. Like, people want people want to talk about the toxic, inverted commas, part of this campaign. You know, who, let's not acknowledge it. There's shit people in every fandom. End of story. And this is toxic, and then what you just said about really nice behavior as well. So, people can want a movie without, you know, like, it being ruined by shit people. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then I think in Feb it got confirmed. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So Aquaman came out in 2018 and that was a success. Everyone quite enjoyed it. But that was a very much a Marvel recipe from like what I remember about it. So the schedule is so weird that you have Wonder Woman, which is a success. And obviously your production of Wonder Woman is overlapping with your production of Justice League at that point anyway because they're so close. Feels like a weird way to do it. Because she gets introduced in Batman vs Superman. Yeah. I remember that. But you need to. But I didn't. I didn't know watching the Snyder Cut that um, Aquaman was introduced in Justice League. Yeah, like that's so weird to me. Yeah, because they were trying to jump on the whole Avengers trying to catch up, superhero right? assemble thing, mm. and the reason that made the Marvel Universe so successful is because most of them, other than Black Widow, had their own yeah, individual movies mm. before they got there. Yeah. And that's why pe- that's why it worked because they slowly, slowly built up these characters. Yes, characters were introduced in other solo movies, but then they were given a solo movie and Hawkeye. Sorry, I forgot about him. Um, Here's but movie, that's how it right? works. But then DC was like, let's jump on this and try and like get there because we've already started with Superman. And then one, this is Wonder Woman's, I think this is Wonder Woman's first solo movie as well. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Because she had the TV show. Oh, ever? I think really? so. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm sure there was like a, you know, 500K budget 1980s version or something like I that. I think it was the TV show. Yeah, okay. I'm not 100% sure. I think it might, there might have been an animated version or I, this could be complete lies. Who knows? Um, but after that, so Aquaman was a success and then Shazam came out in 2019 and that was good. That was the only one that I was kind of okay that they had the Marvel recipe because like just purely because of the nature of Shazam because he is Billy Batson and he is actually like a kid who literally all of a sudden turns up into like this massive superhero godlike superhero that's almost as powerful so as Superman. the story of Big, essentially. Mm. <laughs> I've always thought that. I haven't seen the film, but that's all. It's good. I, I quite enjoyed it. And then um, Birds of Prey. At two I like Birds of Prey. And it got a lot of shit. I wasn't one of the said shit. I, I liked it. I was, in, said shit. I was in the US when it came out. I didn't see it when it came out, but I saw it on Netflix last year and I, li- I liked mm. it. I think the color's good. I think the style's cool. I'm down. And you and McGregor being kind of weird. I'm on board. My Like one of my only complaints about that movie is that there wasn't I was so two one serious because they advertised it as Gotham Sirens so I was so excited to see Harley Quinn Poison Ivy and Catwoman all together I was like yes that's so exciting and then like they struggled with rights and whatever so then they put like these other characters that I wasn't as familiar with rights really yeah what DC doesn't have full I don't know why they decided it. Maybe because they were going to put Catwoman and... I don't know. I don't know. It won't be DC. It'll be Warner Brothers. I don't know why they did it. Um, But yeah, they changed it and put in other ones like the Huntress and who I knew, but... And other characters, which are... 
It wasn't Black Canary though. I think it was someone else. Or was no. it Black Canary? It's Ramona Flowers. I know that. Mm. But yeah, um, and not enough of Bruce the hyena. I, I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more of Bruce the hyena. I like the fight scenes, and it, uh, Ben criticized. Well, Ben referenced Corridor Crew in the in the fight in scenes. Apparently, a lot of the fights is flailing in the background. Yeah, or? they don't act with intention. But the color and stuff like pops, and it's like a fun movie. It's so funny with that, those sort of comments, though, because I remember watching Last Jedi and thinking that scene with Ray and um, Kylo. Kylo fighting was pretty good. <laughs> and then, like, do you mean not Last Jedi? Not Rise uh, of Skywalker. No, Last Jedi. no, the Last Jedi. When they fight um, the the red oh, guards, they, they kill or whatever. Snoke. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking that was cool at the time, but then like when you they break it down and they look at people in the background, there's people just like swirling around to look like they're doing shit and stuff like that. It's quite I've funny. I was watching that Jackie Chan video. Yeah. Um, uh, every frame of painting. There's this fantastic breakdown of Jackie Chan's fight scenes mm. and it's awesome. Like they say how... I've, I've been thinking about this the last few days. Like in a, in a punch, if Jackie delivers a punch, they show the punch and then they cut to a close-up, but they show a few frames so they watch the punch happen again in slow motion. And so it's this point that current action movies and superhero movies, by extension, don't show impact because they cut like sequentially. So they go, if the fist makes contact, then the next shot should show the fist pulling through. But then viewers need to see the punch twice to actually understand the weight of it. Mm. And that's just like a huge glass shattering moment for me. (laughs) Like even in this video, just delivering that, like you watch these fights and you're like, oh, everyone's just flying around for no reason. You don't actually get the impact because... Unless you're going wide to close, there's not like a change that is ramping up, you know? It's always a pullback or something like that. Anyway, I like that point. Yeah, okay. I'm going to play MC and let's get on track for a little bit before we can call it a break. Back on track. Okay. Back on track. Um, so we've got that timeline, which seems like a pretty unorganized way of doing things. Is probably reflective of the whole. I have one lack more thing to sidetrack this. Okay, I wonder how COVID is going to relate to all of this superhero chronology. Because if I can say one thing, it's that superhero superhero fatigue is very real for a few people. I think. I think it is a growing audience that people are going. Oh, I'm a bit sick of shit. I feel like COVID may have been good for Marvel. Like the fact mm. that there hasn't been a Marvel movie in a while. Because I just read you three years of movies, yet there were six epic movies in there that were really important to the franchise. So this has given major studios a chance to catch a breather, audiences to, to get a bit more of that hunger for cinema again. I'll, I'm interested to watch this space, basically. I think... yes COVID and definitely this whole streaming platform and what Snyder Cut has allowed for the DC not talking about Marvel but for the DC it's given a different representation of a darker version and it has rejuvenated what was a dying franchise and it has given them time to sit there and fix up things and allow for a more expressive way and for Marvel yeah I think I think there was getting fatigue because also because pretty much after Endgame I was like I think I'm gonna call it quits I don't think I'm gonna watch anything else other than Loki but because there has been no TV 
good TV, new TV come out or like any new movies come out, I'm almost like creeping back into the Marvel. Mm. And I was a person who was like, I think I'm done with this. Mm. And I'm already like, I might as well watch it and see what they do. And I'm also curious to know what they're going to do with Black Panther because I'm following that storyline and like, oh, yeah. So there's definitely truth in there because I'm a living example of like, yeah, maybe I'll start watching Marvel again. I also think that... um no one, you, you can't kick the bug properly. Like, I thought I'd kick the bug with Marvel, but then they're all on Netflix. So I watched Winter Soldier. I watched Civil War. I watched all those ones, like, a few years after they'd come out. And then you just catch up again and suddenly you're fine. Because, but the reality is you're never going to completely shut off. And that's just the pulling power of these films. But I did love your point there that um, DC has had a reboot. And DC, you can't tell me, well, you can tell me, I don't think that they will, they, I think they're going to lean into this dark thing. That, that's, I, I've always thought that's their angle, but they didn't know it. So I think that this is them and this is the audiences going, we want this darker side of DC. That's where the product differentiation exists. You always had like people like Zack Snyder who was like, it's a darker universe, like the Dark Knight is still like a dark universe is in the title. And you have the execs up at the top who are like, yeah, but the Marvel, the Marvel recipe works. And like, yeah, but we need to be different. And they're like, no, 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 just do it this way. And it ruins the art of the movie. And it is darker. They, they are, yes, Marvel is actually like very powered and people, they are on a base level more overpowered So, like, as well, and it's a hard translation between... It's always hard to show live action when when the characters are that powerful because it almost makes it hard to believe. Not that you're believing, but, you know, kind of at the back of my mind, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It's all about, like, proportionality, you know? (laughs) Like, you've got to believe, at least in that world, that it makes sense because Mm. you can't even believe in this, like, this world where superheroes exist that it doesn't feel real, then there's something off, you know? Mm. Mm. And that's what, comparatively, the Snyder Cut does a lot better than Here the we other go. one. Well played. Thank that was you. A good this job. is why they pay me the big bucks. It's the transition. <laughs> um, and so there's a good video on YouTube we watched before by the Corridor Crew guys where they compare just a couple shots in the CG in it. And even just if you look up YouTube and you're comparing scene frame by frame, it's super interesting to watch. So recommend definitely. And they all the shots are so much longer. Every fight scene in the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League is like twice as long because every scene just plays out to its like actual optimum length. It's not cut for snappiness. And so you get all that proportionality back that it's like completely lost in the other one. Like the stakes in the first one, there's, there feels like there's zero stakes at all. Even like... So, key point of trivia. They, sources say that they intended to release it as a two-parter. I think that's quite... The original Justice League. Because I Snyder. thought, watching the Snyder Cut, I was like, what the hell? How did they get a budget to shoot a movie that is going to not go for two hours, but is supposed to go for two hours? That just made no sense to me. How do you have this much leftover footage? that it, like, Because you can't release a movie that goes for three hours. I know that. You can't make a movie that goes for more than two and a half. You can't really make a movie that goes for more than two. Like... How did they, so, how, like, there must the, have been a script at some stage and everyone, because there's this thing where each page is worth one minute. You can't tell me that there was a script that was 90 pages and it took <laughs> three hours of footage to film, you know. They knew it would take that long. And even what you're saying is that, you know, 
the death stroke scene at the end is different in the other version. So it's like, okay, they're recording alternate versions of each scene as well where the dialogue is substantially different and sets up a different storyline as well. It's like, how, how is that happening? That's so weird to me. Isn't that, I'm like, I don't know, I could be completely wrong here, but wasn't there also alternate endings to a lot of Marvel movies in Endgame just for like spoiler things and people alternating and oh, I guess that so, is probably. a new theme mm. of you gotta see filming what tests were, like. tons of, <laughs> pardon? Well, I mean, you, you put out your feelers and see what kind of looks like the best Yeah, option and doing, like right? there has been like lots of filming of alternative endings. I do think I vaguely remember when I first looked it up and they did already like on like, you know, when you look on the internet and they're like, that it comes up all in the top little movie things when you first look. I think I do remember them having a part one, part two, and it hadn't even been released yet. I mm-hmm. think there was always the intention because they always had the idea of franchising it. Mm. So maybe they did do that whole thing where they'll like film movie one and two, which is a very common theme at the moment. Didn't they do that same game? And didn't they? It was a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah but like Harry Potter was the last. Harry Potter was filmed Twilight. all together. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey was filmed yeah. all together. Like they have, that's a bit of a trend. So maybe Maybe it was. Maybe they were filming alternative entities. Maybe they just gave him like, off you go, do whatever you want. Which we makes trust no you. Sense. <laughs> yeah, that say, just won't happen. Might they might do it in the future. The only now. person Warner Bros. lets that happen with is Nolan. And even yeah. Nolan is about to be reeled in because of tenant. We'll see what happens. Um, one thing I will say is that like if you're trying to like emulate the extended universe sort of formula for Marvel, this the weeding cut does a really bad job of setting anything else up or like implying that there's anything more at, at, at hand. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Why it's would such you a cut Dark Seed? It's so dumb. It's such a dark Seed. Dark Side. When <laughs> you say Dark Seed, it's spelt Dark Seed. Is that why you're pronouncing it like that? Uh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's like such a standalone an hour 55 thing where it doesn't even feel connected to it. Feels like an it's episode. a sequel to a movie that you haven't seen. Mm, it's mm. so weird. And it's just That's like, true. what's the purpose of it? It almost feels like it was like an attempt to not fail as hard as they thought they were going to fail or something like that versus it actually trying to be anything. It, it feels was like it's panic not, mode. It doesn't feel like it's trying to it be was anything. panic mode. Um, I don't know. Like you were, you were watching it like, oh, it's not that bad. I mean, I really didn't like it. When I, I was, was saying it bad. was not that bad, it was not real because as soon as I thought about it for more than 10 seconds, it was... Very much, like, I wasn't enjoying watching the movie. It just looked... You know what I mean? Like, it, I was... That's what I mean. It was only, fine. The only novelty was watching it in comparison to the other movie. And then Nick and I sharing eye contact every 40 seconds when there was a joke put in there. Let's relive some of the worst jokes. There's Batman getting thrown away by Superman going, so. Oh, yeah. Something's definitely so, bleeding. Something's definitely bleeding. Oh. Um... There is. Flash. I didn't say there's you weren't. Flash I have, didn't say we weren't friends. Yeah. The, there's the flash having the like symmetry. a weird. Yeah. No. When they're digging. Well, yes. But when they're digging the the oh, grave, yeah. he goes for a fist bump with Cyborg, and then it, Cyborg like looks at him, and then he go, "What's he say? Racial tension. Racial or something tension. Like. Some weird shit like that. It's like." I yeah. think I blocked that one out. Oh, that that <laughs> one felt really bad to me. Very, and then, yeah, let alone the tone deafness of the. The flash falling on Wonder Woman thing. So that uh, the video before spoiled it, but I there's like Joss Whedon does that. Is Joss that thing? no, but Gal Gadot didn't support it, and mm. so it's yeah. a body double of Wonder Woman on the ground when Flash lays on her, lays on on her, and so weird. Very bad. There's oh, there's so many questionable things in that movie. The Flash is just a walking shit take, and he's the brunch. The brunch is so overwhelmingly bad joke. I was driving and it just hit me and I'm like, oh, 
Like, Bowery Allen isn't meant to be that socially awkward as well, which is kind of annoying. Every joke in this film is a punchline, but there's no setup. Yeah. That's what we said watching this. It's just like... Oh, Superman. Oh, yeah, I felt that. I had hurt after, like, they had thing. And they started giggling Hmm. about separating the mother box, and you're just like... No, but they just say things. Like, it's... It's I really n- like living. They, they're lit- it's like a bad joke of recording jokes post-film, you know? Like, it's, it would make sense if the scene before related to the joke, but the scene before doesn't relate to the joke. Superman is fighting everyone and they're concerned. Suddenly, Batman's laughing about it. And then, it's just so weird. There's this type of comedy. What was the other thing it was in? You were saying King Kong. Kong. Yeah. yeah. I was saying there's a scene in King Kong where they... Like, it's, it's not even about the jokes. It's not even about the writing. It's about the setup being, like, resembling a setup that you're used, used to in other films where you're ready for a punchline. And you... It's a, you know when you're kind of out and someone's being a bit funny and they're setting up this joke and you laugh straight away even though what they said isn't necessarily funny because it's a setup. It's kind of like that except... They're just like doing something you've seen in another film before and you found funny and they're counting on you not even thinking about what you're hearing and just laughing about something being in this comedic formula. So in King Kong, there was this thing where King Kong like, I don't know, drinks the blood of something and they cut to this girl and you're like, okay, here's a joke. And she goes, that's gross. And it's like, they didn't even bother to write the joke. And that's what Justice League is like. It's, they didn't even bother to write the jokes. They just went, okay, this is where we need a joke. We need a joke here. We need a joke here. And no, just, but I didn't think they went, we need a joke here. They went... And that's the timer. We need a joke here. And 10 minutes, we need a joke here. Because there's no beats to the actual joke. There's no... Like, there's no uh, peak and trough to the jokes. There's no, like, let's get to a serious moment. Let's come down with a joke. There's just jokes. Like, they just exist at different times in the film that don't make sense. Like, Like, the Flash and the Superman stuff is really weird right at the end of the film because... It's kind of an important moment in the film that they're fighting. Um, yeah, when they go save Stephen the people, Wolf and yeah. they go fi- like Superman leaves and then comes back in the middle of the climactic fight because Batman goes, "We need you to distract him," and then he's like, "The civilians." <laughs> oh, and, and there was like when Batman was doing the pep talk to like Barry, he was like, "Oh, I don't know if I can do this," and like Barry's motivation, and Batman's just like, "Go save one person and then save them." Barry doesn't need motivation. Barry is a good character. You're butchering his character. I didn't hate they're that. that. Not they're, gonna lie. <laughs> they're also that they're like. I'm pretty sure they're discussing while Steppenwolf is torturing someone, mm. and they're like, "Okay, what's the plan?" And he's literally <laughs> yeah, about to kill him, true. and you're just like. There's no urgency. The film Stop has him? the film has know. no sense of stakes. Like even the introduction of the film's really weird. Batman arrests Bill Tench from Mindhunter and there's a flying winged demon man and you're like, "Hmm, something's astray here." Like there's no context. If the Snyder cut nails one thing, it's that they make everything feel epic and they really give you a sense of gravity to the villain and Shit, there's this big villain coming. Look at what he's done. He's just destroyed all of the Amazon Amazonians, Amazonians and their their secret temple. And it's just like there's this weight behind the threat of the villain. The threat in the Justice League 2017 is like, mm, there's a weird flying rat thing in like villain man in the sky. So something must be bad. It's really just trading on your ideas of what is supposed to happen in a superhero film. Oh, there's an alien man. Must mean a villain's coming. Yeah. It could be in a friendly alien for all we know. 
It's yeah. like they're doing this like assembling the team thing without committing to assembling the team. They're because doing this. There's, no there's a baddie, but they're not committing to having a baddie. Ugh. And it's just they're not committing to anything. It's just a nothing. And you know the my one of the not one of the worst moments is definitely the end monologue by Lois Lane about fuck knows what she's talking about. Oh my about. god. <laughs> I could you I couldn't tell you a word besides hope and fear that she said in that speech. I actually can't remember it. Yeah. It is so forgettable. It is it is John Dorian in Scrubs level summary (laughs) like it's literally her talking over shots that don't relate to it with no music unfortunately um and big thing it's the it's the most meaningless words i've ever heard on a film like you know at least you're what i think because you also don't even see her lips move i think if you're going to do an expressive monologue at the end of a film you need to watch the person who's doing the monologue Mm. to at least get a sense of the monologue to catch the trail of the thinking here but they literally showing it over shots, and she's not even in it. She's going. How about with Lane It's like, who do you think you are, Hill. Optimus Prime, monologuing at the end of a movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> at least his voice sounds pretty like. Yeah. <laughs> we will come back to this earth. Another thing that was really horrible with it was the whole. I just hate what they did to Batman, and maybe if they like released the Snyder cut straight off, maybe Ben Affleck would still be Batman because he wouldn't have quit after do all like the Ben criticism. Affleck is Batman. Big question. Mixed feelings because physically he is what Batman should look like at that point. He is old. He's it's like, like Dark Knight he... Returns Batman, doesn't he? Pardon? Yeah. Oh, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the comics. The Frank Miller comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comics or like one. the um, animated movies. Uh-huh. But yeah, he's meant to be old. He's meant to have already... Like he's meant to have worked the street. He's not meant to be like a spring chicken. He is kind of old and tired and... They got the height right as well and they have the whole look and I was like, aesthetically, this is a very good Batman and then they had him like being an awkward, fumbling man who was socially awkward and couldn't string two things together. I was like, if Batman is like, if someone says something snarky to Batman, Batman will just look at you mm-hmm. and then you'll just like be like, oh my God, I will never say that again. I like that. Oh my God. Is yeah. he going to kill me? He might eat me. I don't know. Um <laughs> That's what Batman's meant to be. And the whole storyline of Batman being like, oh, but I'm not him. I'm not Superman. We can't do this without Superman. He was more human. He brought us all together. That really, really irked me up the wrong way because the Justice League cannot work without Batman. Batman is the he's one the that management. brings them all together. If, he, yeah. He's the one that funds it. He's the one that brings them all together. He is the leader. He like keeps Clark in check. He keeps like Wonder Woman all together. He is the glue and in the Whedon cut it was just like we need Superman because I don't know what I'm doing and it was just horrible if Batman doesn't have confidence what does he have yeah that's that's money. your point right that's it no, yeah. but even money money gives you confidence because even money shouldn't <laughs> like you said he funds the Justice League which I don't doubt that he does but to me that doesn't even make sense because like <laughs> they, they can take Wayne in, Corporation they can take <laughs> A meeting in a park and it wouldn't matter because these people, somehow they have their budget for their super suits unrelated to Batman. Like, they don't need budget. They have superpowers. You well, know the Watchtower's I mean? out of space, so that's how they don't get, like, spied. They okay. hang out. Okay. Yeah, Fair technically. That's so, an important part. Yeah, don't yeah, they yeah. live in a glacier at one stage in one of them? They have, like, a giant ice base or Is something? that Superman's solitude? Maybe. I've seen that representation in a few I think that's the solitude. So they have, like... Including the Lego Batman movie, you know, when he go when him and Robin sneak into. So they have like the Justice League um, temple, and what the public thinks is there are headquarters, but it's just pretty much for so and has massive 
statues of them because egos. And then they actually go up to the watchtower, which is out in space for like proper privacy, you know, <laughs> so they can monitor at all things. With Elon Musk, he yeah. flies them up in the battery charge jets. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. At the end of it, they were prepping the Justice League to be at Wayne Manor. Yes. So, yeah, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. I thought, Gal- about that. I thought one woman was pregnant <laughs> because she goes, we'll need seats for, for one more. <laughs> and then, she was pregnant. In real life. Yeah, yeah in real <laughs> but, life. I was like, yeah, Tom said then, I was like, I can't tell that she's pregnant. Like, I know she was meant to be, but. <laughs> I just thought it was yeah. them trading on the Batman Wonder Woman <laughs> sexual chemistry. It's like, yeah, we no. need space for a little Wonder Man. Oh, uh, yeah, they did actually kind of incorporate that, didn't they, in the Snyder Cut? Mm. You know what else? That was like real tension versus like in the waiting cut, she like stretches his arm out and shit. It's It's like movie tension. Yeah. Yeah. The tension in the Snyder Cut goes as far as going eligible bachelor, eligible bachelor. And then they get along and they have a nice friendship. I'm going to have one last dig and then we need to get our verdicts in on this one Mm. and take a time out. So... I would just say that the weeding cut looks fucking terrible. It is the hide- grade. a hideous movie to watch. The, the lips, you know what it irked me about the grade? The, the lips. Because everyone's got freaking like bright purple pinky lips. The whole end climax is like in this red mist, which looks really super ugly. And the other thing is the green screening they did. It's like the worst green screen I've ever seen in my life. Like it's so bad. You can see where they put green screen in. Like every, it stands yeah. out to you so much. It's not their fault. It, green screening is hard, essentially. I think that's the punchline. Yeah, it because was, they're putting stuff that was actually shot in Iceland next to stuff that wasn't shot in Iceland, and that's why it looks shit. So it was just not pleasant on the eyes. It was harsh. It wasn't like a. It was. I need to put on my glasses because my eyes are hurting. Mm. But it's, kind of. Yeah, what a weird thing to do. Like you can make it br- like to go the inverse of Snyder is weird. Like surely you just go somewhere in the middle where you're not like. Have you ever worked on something for ages and put a lot of time into it and then gone? Instead of sticking, committing to what I've made, I'm going to redo what I've made the night before the deadline. No. Yes. No one ever has done that. You've gone the other Danny way. Danny said she did that. No, I know of that. I do know people that have done you that. Don't do and that. they regret their decision after You stick after with the it. thing that you did and you ride the bumps of the shitness of the thing that you did. That is how people operate. I know people in art school that did that and it never worked out for them. Oh, there you go. Exactly. All right. I'm just going to ask everybody to give a rating for 27 Justice League and then we'll take a pause till our next episode. So, Danny, why don't you start us off as our guest? Oh, half a star. Is that, is that canon in, the, in your rating system? Half a star? Yeah. After I'd, if you had asked me before my last viewing of it, I would have maybe given it like a three. But after re-watching it and like, coming in from a trying not to from a non-sympathetic DC point of view and after having watched a few of the other ones I was like this was just shocking these jokes are uncomfortable these the storyline is horrible they've like mangled the secondary characters of Cyborg Aquaman and the Flash and it yeah I mean if I could I would just give it like the little top bit of the star. <laughs> here I thought, <laughs> one I, thought I, I was going to be the one who was too brutal, yeah. but I guess not. <laughs> My <laughs> review is going to be more positive than Danny's. So. Yes, yes, right, Tom, yes. what do you give it? I'm drawn to visions of my original reviews, which were much more savage and reminded that 
I don't want to watch this movie again. You will never watch this again unless you have to. Yeah. I think there's maybe only like two other movies out there in nerdy culture for me that I hate more than this. This, this movie has no purpose anymore. Like, why watch it is the end. Like, once you've watched it to compare with the other one, you don't need to watch it again. Snyder's canon. Yeah, of course. Um, I think I'll give it one and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it a one and a half as well. It was not a fun experience. I mean, it was a fun experience, but not for the right reasons. Um, it's just it's just bad, you know. And there's been a lot of talk about people being like, you know, is the Snyder Cut good if you comp- if you... Is it just because it's better than the other one? And having watched it the other way around, it's like, you know, this one is not just bad. It's a bad film and it's, yeah, yeah, it sucks. (laughs) Anyway. Um, This concludes part one. This concludes part one because we are getting on time-wise. I guess we still should do plugs at the end of this episode anyway. Maybe they're getting released at the same time or not. Uh, Depends how quick on the editing I am. And? Probably not. (laughs) Okay, well that ends part one. (laughs) Then another classic, goodbye. Another classic or a fresh one. If we knew what we wanted, you'd be useless. Tell us what's in, tell us who's done. Another antique shit.